Welcome to Taiwan Talk. I'm Trevor Tortomasi, and this week we travel to the wild jungles of Muja. We at ICRT reached out to the Taipei Zoo for an interview, and I was lucky enough to meet with its spokesman, Mr. Eric Cao, Cao Xianshao. Eric has been the face of the Taipei Zoo for many years, providing updates on its animals and projects to inquiring news agencies. But even more importantly, he has formed close relationships with other zoos and ecological movements around the world. So, as we sat down to speak, I began by asking Eric about the zoo's efforts in conservation, research, and education. Um, what kind of partnerships has the Taipei Zoo uh, formed with, with other organizations around the world? When I barely arrived Taipei Zoo for work, uh, upon that time, maybe still part of the animal is money can buy. But pretty quick, we learned that the animal has a value for conservation. So when we think about the animal really need help, like a critically endangered or endangered species, they are not on the menu that you can buy. You have to prove you are good enough. You have to join in the pretty much like a professional peer review system. So you, we join in like the World Association of Zoos and Aquarium. So for those global or regional zoo community, they have lots and lots of uh, quite a mature program to work for the endangered species. So when Taipei Zoo be part of this community, we learn from each other, but we also improve ourselves, like the uh, veterinary skill, the husbandry skill, and the basic thinking about why we should have this animal, what all about the zoo. So uh, later on, relatively more percentage of the animal that Taipei Zoo received is because we volunteer ourselves to join in this kind of program. But in return, the original team member will provide us, as I said, professional evaluation to tell us that what kind of the need we need to get ourselves improved before we actually can re possibly receive those animals. So through this process, you probably will easily realize that even the zookeeper at the Taipei Zoo has to speak English. <laughs> they have to communicate with the zookeeper on the other side of the world. Okay? Right. Because right now the technology is there. So whenever you have one question, in the past maybe you want to ring a phone, mm. but now just line each other or WhatsApp <laughs> right. each other. So you will receive the knowledge, also the information right away. So from the regional association to the global association, we try to clarify the future role of this zoo or aquarium community. What is the furthest an animal has traveled to or from the Taipei Zoo? Do you have brothers and sisters, cousins, animals around the world? Well, uh, because of this program, so usually the uh, like uh, uh, European Endangered Species Program that we participate for many species, so each species, there will be a stop book. The stop book will tell you each individual inside this managed population, where they come from, where their parent, what about the history of their health. So for example, like our giant panda, we know Tuan Tuan's relatives is in not just the San Diego Zoo Global, but also in Smithsonian. We know their relationship. But also because all this relationship, uh, the coordinator for this kind of EEP program will also, every year, they will give re a breeding recommendation, for example, according to the mating suitability index. 
because it's very important we keep this genetic diversity inside our captive population because right. right now this captive population if you have a good program for the good reason is usually is for the insurance population because many of these species cannot easily find their uh, good enough large habitat in nature hmm. so they need time to make restoration of this already damaged habitat or destroyed habitat so we keep this animal in good number in good health in good genetic diversity and later on when the natural habitat being restored then this individual can be reintroduced back to their natural environment are there any animals that have been taken off the endangered species list or at least moved from endangered to less endangered um, through programs that you guys have been a part of Taipei Zoo is not good right away like that mm. but we are trying to get there for example like a Provosky horse we work with the Prox Zoo so we can at least donate our funding so several individuals collected from the European Zoo uh, had, had been sent back to Mongolian Gobi Desert but for the other one is like the, the Golden Lion Tamarind used to be considered critical endangered but because of this global zoo community joint effort so uh, within maybe last than 15 years the uh, wild population number go goes up to three more than 3,000 so now the species has been downlisted into endangered the Taipei Zoo's male panda, Tuan Tuan, and its female panda, Yuan Yuan, whose names together mean reunion, were gifted to Taiwan by China in 2008 as a symbol of cooperation. Usually, China requires any panda cubs born as a result to be returned to China. However, China said it would allow Taiwan to keep Yuan Yuan's first cub, Yuan Zai, in 2013. So I asked Eric if there has been any pressure from China since the birth of Yuan Yuan's second cub, Yuan Bao, in June of 2020. Well, many people know that mainland China and Taiwan have a very, has unique... A very unique relationship. Uh, so when we talk about the giant panda, I think in the year of 2008 or before that, um, the legislator in Taiwan refused to receive the giant panda as a gift. So then through the negotiation, actually we go through the animal exchange program. So Taipei Zoo exchanged one pair of sika deer and another pair of Formosa cerro for the pair of giant panda. So because this animal exchange program, so eventually Taipei Zoo owned this pair of panda. So including, the offspring, yeah, including, including the offspring. their offspring. However, if we think about the conservation of giant panda population, no matter it's a wild population or a population in captivity, you cannot work alone. So still we need to work with the majority of the population for keeping the genetic diversity, for example. Uh, when we talk about uh, wildlife conservation, eventually you have to get rid of most of those political thinking. Because a lot of time, no matter the habitat or the wild population, is not single geographical range. It's usually related to maybe multi-country or multi-region business. Now there's something I have to address. As I was researching for this interview, a lot of people requested that I ask about the mental health of the animals, especially the ones who live alone or in smaller enclosures. It's not an easy question to answer, and it's not an easy task. But Eric assures us that the Taipei Zoo puts a lot of energy and careful planning into animal welfare. How do you determine the size of enclosures for other animals? What level of intelligence of an animal 
do you start to worry about their mental health in, in a zoo environment? Within our zoo community, eventually, two major topic is uh, the major concern. One is about uh, what kind of contribution we can do for conservation. The other would be about animal welfare. So this is a big issue. Uh, we need to make sure that the animal in our care, maybe we should provide them at least an opportunity to choose. For example, like the different weather, whether or not the giant panda want to go outside or they want to stay in inside, that's their choice. If we can provide this choice, then we are in a better shape. But for many other species or individual, unfortunately, Taipei Zoo may be designed for taking care of maybe four black bear. But all of a sudden you will see that because we have to help each other under this government structure. So a lot of time we received black bear because somebody else did a lousy job. So the, the black bear come to the zoo. So we can although provide them a very good veterinary care, but the space would be very limited. So then we apply the limited resources to give this animal in our care better choices. That is the short term that we can do. For the long term, we no longer receive animal easily if we don't have a good conservation project. That means actually, before we receive or join any conservation project, we need to think about, okay, if this is a breeding program or this is just for the bachelor group or the single sex group, the space need will be definitely different. Then we evaluate how good we are. For example, if Singapore Zoo can provide 100 hectares for the elephant and Taipei Zoo only have one hectare, you bet Singapore Zoo will win. Right. So then you can allocate the individual or the one important to really what they need. Do you organize time or space for animals to play with each other or play with their caretakers? What kind of animals need playtime that mm. they can't get with each other? For the solitary animal or uh, in between different sex, the male and the female unless we have a purpose for breeding. Otherwise, usually you don't put them together. So that is a priority first. But under that, we still have a lot of species like uh, small cloud otter, like they came from the same family or different family. The same sex individual can possibly get together. But some species like, for example, like leprechaun, no. Panda, no. What kind of volunteer programs do you have at the zoo to help people learn about animals and learn how to better help animals? The majority of, of our volunteer mainly uh, under the Department of Education. So which means uh, most of the, like the retired school teacher will come to the zoo after their retirement to learn a little bit information from our zoo staff, but they will help us do the communication to the visitor group. So that is a majority of our volunteer. But we also receive like the summer intern student. Under different special projects, we will work with the volunteer. For example, like maybe taking photos for us, or maybe uh, help us do the cleaning, or so maybe even joining our research project. So the volunteer are quite different, mm. but it's always uh, depending on what kind of uh, skill they already have, or what kind of enthusiasm they have. Now, you may have heard about a few recent escapes from the Taipei Zoo in the past few months. In September of 2020, an anteater escaped with her baby by climbing over the walls of an enclosure. 
And in November of the same year, a leopard cat escaped through a hole in its enclosure. Fortunately, they were both later found and nursed back to health by zoo staff. But then, in March of 2021... This year, a patas monkey also escaped, and he has recently been brought back. Um, what happened? <laughs> well, I have to admit that, you know, one day when I drove to work, right. I listened to ICRT, uh-huh. and I suddenly realized I'm listening to the escape of patas monkey. Oh. <laughs> but, for example, like the patas monkey, it's almost impossible to catch them when they get into the forest because when the veterinary staff showed up, the patas monkey came. However, because this individual was born at the zoo and maybe got spoiled by his daily diet. So every day he lived maybe like a king. He has a nice family. He's the father of the other two babies. So he has his wife and the two babies. We don't know if he really enjoyed the family (laughs) experiences. I don't know. But we do know that he enjoyed his style with uh, relatively high sugar content fruit. I'm wondering if there's any, uh, this is an important question, if there's any danger of any other animals escaping, um, and how do you analyze that? Well, usually for the animal with high risk, uh, the protection will be at least uh, two, three, four times higher. We did have a case, the uh, tiger got escaped, but to the second, to second to level sec- of yeah, protection. Second of fence. Mm. So our keeper discovered, wow, yeah. <laughs> the tiger escaped oh, he's, from he's the, there now. the cage oh, okay. to, the, to the second line. Yeah. But then we just call upon all our staff to catch the tiger mm. easily. So usually inside the zoo world, the dangerous animal like tiger, cheetah, leopard will have more protection and more regulation. So we need to develop another SOP try to make sure that everything can be secured. What about the anteater (laughs) with, there was a whole wall that it climbed over, right? Well, I think that case is quite interesting because the new curator and the new keepers decided to allow the lesser anteater stay in the outdoor enclosure overnight. That Mm. will be her and her daughter's very first time. You don't know the animal behavior how she responds to even the electrical fence, how she responds to the water ditch. The young staff need education. It's really because we have a lot of very enthusiastic young generation of staff. Mm. So they need to learn from the mistakes. When you have extreme changes in temperature or weather, such as typhoons and things like that, if there's recent high levels of pollution in Taipei mm-hmm. too, how do you make sure all the animals have a safe place to breathe? Most of the, our uh, indoor facility actually are air conditioning, so they can be heat up or cooling down. That's- For the electricity, we have spare electricity even. So this is all about the designing work. So. The, uh, most of the case, we are quite okay, but during the typhoon season, something uh, we, we will pay more attention would be like the big birdcage, for example, whether or not there will be fallen tree, destroy the net. So we will have like the patrolling staff, you know, to make sure that the other uh, natural event won't damage our enclosure to cause the extra risk.
I recently read a story about San Diego Zoo vaccinating some of their primates. Are there any animals at Taipei Zoo that are in danger of catching any human sicknesses that may come in contact with? Well, infectious disease, especially zoonosis, is, is one of our major concern when the animal barely arrived at Taipei Zoo. So all the animals new to Taipei Zoo have to experience at least one month quarantine. That is to make sure that none of them carry any infectious disease, can uh, you know, infect either keeper, curator, or the other animals. However, we notice that even inside the zoo, once in a while, we will still see the stray dog or mm. the stray cat. So those individuals may also carry infectious disease or the free-flying birds. So the animal in our care for the major concern, infectious disease, we will try maybe provide them the vaccine. So like the rabies. Okay. So I think we are actually free from those danger already. Are there any other animals that are preparing to give birth or uh, large mammals maybe that people might be excited to see more of at the zoo? Or Right now we had a pregnant orangutan mm -hmm. and also another is a melan taper and our gorilla female Iriki will probably give birth around April or May. Some species, their gestation period is relatively short, but some species may be longer, like the Milan taper is 13 months. Is there anything that you'd like to say to the people of Taiwan? Something to remember when they come into contact with animals? Taipei Zoo staff are trying to find a way to make Taipei Zoo better. But um, we do hope that when visitors come to the zoo, you are not uh, visiting a jail, but rather like the semi-natural environment, you are searching for animals. Uh, because we receive a lot of uh, complaint, maybe once in a while, is because I don't see the animal. You are not supposed to see the animal if you are going to the real world. So you need to be patient, check the behavior of the animal. So don't expect when you come to the zoo in the early morning, you want to see a very uh, active koala. So <laughs> Taipei Zoo try our best to transform into the conservation institution. That's in the hope that when the visitor come to the zoo, we'll also have an opportunity to observe the different animal with different behavior. Because when you knowing them better, you will have a better opportunity to protect them if you have a choice. As I close out this interview, I hope Eric and I have, at the very least, addressed some concerns. Even in the world's most reputable wild animal parks, there are always improvements to be made. Because a good zoo is more than just a collection of animals. It forms partnerships and develops programs to help worldwide conservation efforts. It brings in volunteers so that people can gain experience in caring for various species. And it conducts research so that we can keep moving in the right direction. So, yes. I truly believe that the Taipei Zoo is a good zoo. I want to give my heartfelt thanks to Eric for both his patience and his passion, and to all the zoo employees and volunteers who continue to give their time to the animals. And if you're interested in becoming a volunteer, I've provided a link to the zoo's official website in the podcast description. Until next time, I'm Trevor Tortomasi on ICRT FM 100. Hi, I'm Ryan Drilsma. And I'm Trevor Tordomasi. And we're the co-hosts of Taiwan Talk. 
You can catch our show on ICRT every Monday during the 8 a.m. and 7 p.m. newscasts. Or you can catch us on Apple Podcasts, Sound On, or wherever you might usually find podcasts. New episodes are uploaded every Monday night. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll be back next week with a new guest.